Logical Progression Year 1 Lesson 3 Bismillah ar-Rahman ar-Rahim Alhamdulillahi Rabbil Alameen Allahumma salli wa sallim wa baraka nabina Muhammad wa ala alihi wa sahbihi ajma'in Allahumma la sahla illa ma ja'azdahu sahla wa anta tajlul hazna idha shi'ta sahla Allahumma a'inna ala dhikrika wa shukrika wa husna ibadatika ya Rabbil Kareem Assalamu alaikum wa rahmatullah um, I'm sorry about the delay. Um, that delay was for one reason and one reason alone. And that's because we tried to be too clever. Maybe we didn't say mashallah. We tried to hook up the screen so that everyone could see from uh, the you know from the back and stuff. And um, two reasons actually, so that everyone could see because we realized that people are getting online a better experience than the ones that are local. But that's your fault if you're not bringing if you're not bringing your notes, yeah, Annie, Then that's your fault. But uh, um, certainly, we um, we wanted to try and make more people see the actual uh, notes and so on. Um, and the second is because I'm going to do a quick demonstration in a minute um, of the forums, of the forums. So, uh, so yeah, we need to we need to talk about that. Um, so uh, this week, um, and prob- maybe even next week, we're going to be spending some time. Uh, looking in detail at the exact wording of this introduction, all right? And um, also, uh, this week is when we start to become a little bit more serious with respect to uh, what's been going on on the portal for people who are here and going back and watching re-recordings, uh, or recordings rather, and then those who are at home, and, and so on. Um, now, a deadline will be established but and a lot of people are saying we miss lesson one, miss lesson two. Uh, I can tell you that lesson one, lesson two, these will never come back. The idea is to instill discipline, and there are people who are still in, stuck in their old ways. You know, oh, I was busy. This I was mate. No one's busy for three days. Okay, no one is busy for three days to give out exactly one hour and ten minutes. So I don't buy that rubbish, to be honest. Yeah, so you miss it tough. And uh, first and second have been seen. It's by the. Uh, and next week I'm going to start talking about the teams that have developed But alhamdulillah already we're starting to see the fruits of uh, the uh, transcription team As I said to you, that will be under the supervision of Sister Samira and Sister uh, Widad And uh, these guys are doing a great job already And now with respect to the forums, everyone should know about the forums Because other than the Facebooks and this and that Actually it was emailed out to every single person And the call is starting now By the way, I really found it funny a lot of people actually wrote qal down as q-u-l they really didn't understand what qal meant i don't even know whether i'm pronouncing it in any wrong way but qal and i'm changing my mouth to try and pronounce the double l is c-u-double-l it's when you like kill off the you know you have a cull of badgers or a cull of squirrels or a cull of you know problem animals right not saying that your badgers squirrels and animals yani, but i'm just saying that uh, we needed to have a call and we needed to have a response uh, from you. The second thing first, with respect to the response, I wanted to thank especially the sisters and I want to thank the brothers as well. Well, not these brothers here, actually the brothers who uh, uh, listened and uh, uh, stayed at home because it was getting too busy here and it was costing us money now to keep getting in specialist parking attendants and you know people still don't park even though we tell them a hundred times. So we had to get the gore in basically. And uh, anyway... Uh, uh, but alhamdulillah the easy option was that people just listen so this is a good mass yeah, and this is good and likewise the sisters 
I appreciate that people enjoy being you know live, but we needed the space more. So I appreciate that as well. This is okay. Um, with respect to the first thing, meaning the cull, meaning to get rid of the, the, the people, the dead weight. So we had 7,000 people registered. Okay, and I said there'll be natural dropout, and I wanted that to come down to a nice realistic number of around one uh, percent uh, in maybe I don't know six months or whatever or a year. Now, um, during the way, you expect that to come down to a ten percent figure of serious people within five six weeks and so on. That's the way that these things generally work, and then you've got that kind of hardcore group of maybe fifty or hundred people that would continue. On a percentages game, obviously we're, we're starting off with a big number, so the number changes, but on a percentage basis, it goes down slowly, then to 10%, then it holds, then you have that 1% net continue. Just anecdotally speaking, I've been obviously in this game for a long time, and that's what we've seen. Now, I want to say that we're going to accelerate this process, okay, because I feel like I'm wasting my time with a lot of people, and I don't want to give my time to that many people that are not showing commitment. So the first sign of commitment will come immediately, meaning that every single person who has not registered on the forums and mentioned themselves there, they will be the first people that will be then, or the people who don't, they will be the first ones that will be taken off this list of students. So I expect to get rid of a couple of thousand people within the next two weeks. All right, so I'm just putting it out there for yourselves that you have to register on the forum because we're now not going to carry on uh, paying for mailing, uh, uh, mailing clients to keep mailing out because there's thousands and thousands of people. We've created a forum. It's being managed very nicely by, by volunteers. And that is going to be, and everyone here, a condition of this class, a condition other than the standard of being committed and so on and so forth, is that you can understand English and you can use a computer. So if you can't speak English and you can't use a computer, then I'm afraid you can't take part in the class unless you're taking part with someone else. right? Then, you know, and they're doing all the, the classwork and all the rest of it for you, then that's fair enough. Um, I did say C-U-L-L. I didn't say Q-U-L-L. The word cult is C-U-L-L. Did I say Q-U-L-L? La ilaha Right. So, <laughs> so uh, I just want to make sure that that's um, uh, clear. That forum is so easy to register. You go there and you're using the same details that you had. You register on the forum as a new, uh, new member. Right? You use the same email address and the same details, but you register again, new, on the forum. It will then recognize you immediately. You become a member. If everyone hasn't, and the people who haven't joined this forum in the next couple of weeks, then they're going to be taken off the uh, class. And then I've got my core that I can then focus on and we can then progress, inshallah, in a nice fashion. So I hope that's clear. Shall we do a, a forum demonstration now or at the end? Show our hands. Now, put your hands up. And put your hands up. Okay, and it is. Right, so bismillah. So what you need to be looking at is the first few pages of the introduction. And if you have the sharh of Zad al-Mustaqni'ah, if you have the Arabic text, then again, don't be scared by the text. Okay, don't be scared by the text. Have it open. And, you know, even I'm not translating it word for word. I'm just going to be uh, focusing on some of the... Uh, I'm going to be focusing on some of the uh, sections um, and taking most of the points out of it without having to go through every word. So, we started last week with the word uh, Bismillah. And uh, so that's, um, if you're looking at a text, 
then that would be page seven in the Arabic and probably page one in the English. And I have to say, I don't have a copy of the, of the English. I need to get a copy of that English. But anyway, Bismillah. Now we said that that is beginning with the name of Allah and Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. This name of Allah is Al-Ilah. Yani the one who has the right to be worshipped. The word Ilah is that which is worshipped. And it's very interesting because when we say La ilaha illallah, there's nothing worthy of worship except Allah. Uh, and there's this implicit kind of acceptance that there are other things which are worshipped besides Allah, right? That there are gods. But of course, these are what people take as gods. Of course, there is nothing worthy of the right of worship. And that's why I translate it not as there is no God but God. I translate it there is nothing worthy of worship because there are plenty of gods. So that's why when I say there is no God, I don't like that. So there is nothing worthy of worship except Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. And, you know, because people take anything these days as, as gods, um, you know, uh, And Allah says in the Quran, in Surah Al-Furqan, Furqan, right? Surah Al-Furqan, yes. The, uh, 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 that, uh, yeah, Surah Al-Furqan, that have you seen the one who takes his hawa, hawa, as his ilah, as his God, he takes his desires. So basically, the guy does what he wants, whatever he wants. Okay, and so this is uh, the use of the word ilah. Al alif lam, as we said, is the definitive, and so it is the one, only one who has the right to be worshipped. So that's Bismillah. So we're, we're, we're in the we're in the zone. We talked about Rahman. We talked about the meaning of uh, Ar Rahim. What I wanted to say, if you turn over um, uh, in the Sharh. You see that Sheikh Uthameen, he said, he says, وَبْتَدَأَ الْمُؤَلِّفُ كِتَابَهُ بِالْبَسْمَلَ اِقْتِدَاءً بِكِتَابِ اللَّهِ عَزَّ وَجَلَ That this author, he said, he started his work with the basmala, Bismillah ar-Rahman ar-Rahim, the full work, alright? The full work in emulation of the Book of Allah, because the Book of Allah starts off with Bismillah ar-Rahman ar-Rahim, likewise, and then Alhamdulillah Rabbil Alameen. Now what's interesting of course that there are many opinions of the ulama, in fact four opinions which I'm not going to go into because that's going to come in its right place. Shaykh Uthameen will spend a lot of time discussing that. Actually is Bismillah an ayah from Quran or not? Actually is Bismillah an ayah from Quran but just an ayah of Quran not part of the surah? Actually third opinion, is Bismillah actually nothing to do with Quran? It's just a division. Actually fourth opinion, is Bismillah an intrinsic part of every single surah? And it always comes at the beginning, except in Surah At-Tawbah. Yeah? So, uh, there's uh, lots of discussions there, and we're not going to do tarjih of that now. Meaning that we're not going to give the preponderant, or the strongest, or the correct opinion according to me at this moment now. No. We just want to just throw that out there, that these issues exist. So, the basmala, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala uses it. Now, he then says, وَاقْتِضَاءً بِالنَّبِي صلى الله عليه وسلم فَإِنَّهُ كَانْ يَبْدَأُ كُتْبَهُ بِالْبَسْمَلَةِ Because he also, صلى الله عليه وسلم, used to begin his writings, right? It says actually his books. Prophet ﷺ never wrote any books, okay? So what we're talking about here specifically are those messages which he would send out in his name. Not even necessarily written by his name. The most firm, famous one is the one that he sent to Haraq al-Azim al-Rum, the mighty leader of Rome. And he started that letter, Bismillah ar-Rahman ar-Rahim. Now, here we go. 
we have, uh, if we could turn this volume down, uh, we have um, a, 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 a precedent from the Quran, we have a precedent from the Sunnah action of the Prophet. Now, this is important. Allah has done it, one. Uh, Prophet has done it, two. What's stronger than doing it, the fi'l of a Nabi is a khabar or a, 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 an amr from a Nabi meaning a command to do so, meaning a statement telling the rest of us to do so. That's the strongest form of evidence from the Sunnah when he, because then there's no, you see, in Sunnah, when you're studying the Sunnah of the Prophet, it's not a, such an easy thing. Prophet uh, does many things, and the top scholars. Their job is to try and work out, most of the time it's pretty easy, that these are all actions to be copied by the rest of the followers, i.e. us. But sometimes some actions are just for him. Or sometimes an action is not just for him, but it's just by the by. It's just what is done or what should be done. Like the wearing of the turban, for example. Very classic example. Many Muslims today, a lot of cultural kind of Muslims, they wear the turban um, and they use some uh, mostly weak and fabricated hadith. To suggest that wearing the turban is a religiously rewarded action, okay? And according to the muhaddithin, the scholars of hadith, there's no doubt that there's no basis for this action from the hadith. Meaning, uh, meaning a statement from the Prophet ﷺ telling people, wear a turban. As for the fact that he wore a turban, that's without doubt. The problem is, is also Abu Jahl also wore the turban. And every other enemy of Islam wore the turban. So you've got scholars there who are looking at this situation and saying, well, you know what, this is a sunnah of the Prophet because he did it and the companions after him did it as well. You have the other scholars, the scholars and the majority, I should say, that will look at this and say, actually, this was the clothing of the people. This was not an action for the, for the, for the, for the masses, for us. So this skill, and it's a big skill, trying to work out what is the adha of the Prophet ﷺ, meaning the habit of the Prophet, personal like, personal uh, uh, preference, the very famous hadith of the, of the lizard. You know about this one. He was uh, given an invitation. He went out for a meal. And then the people, they gathered. Uh, they were so happy to see him. So they brought forward their best yani dish. Instead of a nice big fat lamb, they put forward some, yani, bakwas, yani, I don't know, some lizard flex. Yani. So the Prophet ﷺ has one look at that and he goes, no, I don't think so. Yeah. So, so, then, so then, and it's very interesting actually because you know that it's not permissible or, no, I won't say it's not permissible, but it is hated, makruh, to say that this food is like horrible. Or, yani, the Prophet ﷺ never used to criticize food. And in this hadith, there's a big adab actually, because the Prophet, I mean, you know that if you saw, an, you saw a, 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 a lizard in front of you, you're going to say something, aren't you? You're going you're gonna to say something. So, I mean, the Prophet Sallallahu when he looks at this lizard, he goes, it's very interesting. What did he say? Anyone know? Anyone? <laughs> no? This not from the food of my people. You know what I'm saying? This is not yani, from the food of, you know, that's not how we roll yani. Yeah, is the modern day translation, right? So this is not from the food of my people. So, you know, they don't feel too, too thingy now. What's interesting here, of course, is that the companions around him, they're like, right. So what's that mean, Yani? Does that mean that our people here is, Yani, the Muslims, Yani? The real people, Yani? Or is people here like a specific definition for his tribe or for his, Yani, household or whatever? You know? And you can see the companions are not all sure. But anyway, Khalid ibn Walid who's sitting there, he's like, you know what, I'm not going to let this opportunity yani, go. 
So he says, Ya Rasulullah, he goes, yani, what's happening? Is this like something khas for you or are we all yani, out of the game as well? So the Prophet said, no, no, go ahead, man. And so he pushes it to Khalid bin Walid and he knocks it out one time. <laughs> and, you know, and he enjoys it and yani, loved it. He's like that, yani, you know, he can eat lizard, no problem. So, so I'm saying that, uh, so, so we know that the Prophet doesn't eat lizards, but it's permissible for us if you're that thick enough to eat one. Yeah? So if you really want to go out there and do one, then go ahead. But So we learn this system from the Prophet ﷺ that not every action or statement even is something which is for the people. So Prophet ﷺ did say Bismillah, uh, sorry, he wrote Bismillah. We do have a hadith and Shaykh Uthaymeen, and if you look at the, um, uh, if we look at the uh, 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 famous hadith, and I put it up on the Facebook uh, today, the Prophet ﷺ said, and it's it's very uh, in 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 uh, in fairness, it's actually quite controversial. But the hadith, and I will translate it for you word for word. The Prophet ﷺ said, "Kul amrin dhibalin la yubda'u fihi bi Bismillahir Rahmanir Rahim, fahuwa abtar." Now, uh, this hadith has been narrated in so many different ways. Most of the time, the Bismillahir Rahmanir Rahim being changed with Dhikrillah. And being changed with Alhamdulillah, and the last statement being changed from Al Abtar to Al Ajdam to Al Aqta, yani to this, that. What's the meaning of the hadith? Every Amr the Balin, every issue, every scenario that has a Bal, meaning that's important, yani worthy, anything which is considered worthy and important to you, that doesn't start with the name of Allah, then it is Abtar. Abtar is a, uh, a word. You know Abtar, right? You know Surah Abtar? Right? You know that. Please tell me you know that. We've got problems. We need, to, we need to change logical progression to logical, logical progression and start again, again. Huh? Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, in the end, is very interesting. Subhanallah. Abtar. I think, I don't want to say it's my favorite verse in the Quran, but it's maybe in my top three of the most favorite verses in the Quran. It is the knockout verse in Quran for me. Because honestly, should I talk about that now? No, no, I don't. Otherwise we're going to get lost, yeah? But anyway, it's one of my favorite verses of the Quran. So Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says, The one who starts giving it large to you, the one who starts attacking you, the one who abuses you, the one who curses you, the one who gives you, يعني, the one who's your opponent, right? He's the one who's cut off. He's the one who's lost. He's the one who's broken, not you. You're connected, you're in the zone, you don't worry about that. He is an abtar, okay? The word batar comes to be like snapped up, broken. And that's why I translated it as mutilated, so or people or maimed. What does that even mean? It basically means that, and that's why I said the ending of the word uh, in the hadith changes from abtar to ajdam to aqta, meaning every time the hadith translation changes like this, every important issue that doesn't start with Bismillah Rahman Rahim, then it's a disaster. It's lame. It's broken. It's incomplete. It's maimed. It's mutilated. It's broken. You understand what I'm trying to say? These are, this is the expression, this is the emotion which is being uh, uh, expressed. Now, now, the problem is, is that this hadith is not يعني, a shining example of sihha, very authentic. In fact, when you look at the uh, hadith, um, there are a number of scholars that considered it weak. So from the 
uh, from the classic scholars, actually from the early mutaqaddimin, this word mutaqaddimin means the early, early boys, right? Meaning at the time of Bukhari and Ahmed and so on. We don't have much yani, negative statements, but later in the mid times, like Jalaluddin Zaylai, Zaylai was one of the big, big Hanafi hadith scholars, right? He wrote an amazing book, yani, as many of you know who studied Fiqh Salah with me, one of my favorite books actually, it's called Nasbur Raya. Yani the planting of the, or the, the, I don't know, the nasb of the raya, whatever that means. The waving of the flag, or the, what do you do when you put up a flag? Raise the flag, or the raising of the flag, yeah. So, and what he was doing basically, fi takhrija hadith al-hidayah. He wrote this book basically defending this Hanafi fiqh book called al-hidayah, which you've all heard of. Uh, hidayah is available in English as well. And, um... Obviously, Hanafis, Misakin, they're always being attacked day and night, isn't it? That you don't know Hadith and everything is weak and you don't know nothing and blah, blah, blah. And you guys, uh, Abu Hanifa wasn't Muhaddith and blah, blah, blah. All this Kalam Fadi, yani, you know? I have no idea who Abu Hanifa was. They don't know who al, uh, all these Fuqahawa. But anyway, this book, uh, which is a very famous fiqh book, when Zayla'i, he took it, he dealt with the book, and he defended every single kind of opinion that he found was defendable. And most of it, of course, was from a hadith point of view. And he's, he's deadly, mashallah. And he's very, very good. And from the contemporary scholars, people like Sheikh Nasruddin al-Albani, who is of course well known, he used to also have a lot of respect for the work of uh, uh, Zaylai. He also agreed with Zaylai and said this hadith is very weak, in fact. And there was another scholar called Sheikh Abdul Qadir al-Arna'ut, rahmatullahi he passed away not too long ago. Um, and he also considered this hadith to be weak, not very weak, weak. Uh, Imam al-Nawawi, he considered this hadith to be acceptable. And also Sheikh uh, Abdul Aziz bin Baz, alayhi, he also considered this hadith to be acceptable, Hassan. And so did Sheikh Uthaymeen himself. You see, the word da'if means weak, the word Hassan means acceptable, the word sahih means authentic, top, top draw. Now, it's possible that when you have many, many different versions of the hadith, and we do in the 30s and 40s, we have this hadith narrated so many times, that when the weakness in each line, each narration, each isnad is not very weak, then you can put them all together. And when you do that, okay, the hadith is, is raised from the level of being weak to what we call hasan li meaning that it's acceptable because of other supporting narrations. If it was hasan by itself, authentic by itself, or, or acceptable by itself, it would be hasan li zatihi, or it's, it can stand by itself. It doesn't need the help of supporting narrations. Now, a lot of you will be thinking, you know what, this is crazy. I've never heard of hadith, I've never heard of hasan, never heard of da'if, never heard of hadith sciences. And the fact of the matter is, is that we cannot keep explaining every single science in this class, because this is a class of fiqh, yeah? And I will be on the forum, and some of the moderators that will be joining us we have some, some good, good people. We have Ustad Sajid. We have uh, the PG team. We have uh, uh, um, uh, some of the Tulab al-Ilm, yani Ustad Abdul Hasib, and a number of people that will be uh, starting to answer the questions from Medina and so on, experts in fiqh and so on. And they will also be able to answer questions on the surrounding sciences as well and good links about the madhahib, the evolution of fiqh, usul, and hadith. And when you get some spare time, do some reading and look into it. Conclusion is the statement of Sheikh Abdul Aziz bin Baz that this hadith, insha'Allah, is hasan, is acceptable because of supporting evidences. And regardless, regardless, it has been acted upon by the mass majority of scholars. 
So the mass majority of scholars have acted upon the hadith and therefore they consider it to be praiseworthy and good and right and correct to start everything of any importance and especially something religious with the basmala. Bismillah ar-Rahman ar-Rahim. And of course, if it's good enough for Sulaiman, what did he say? وَإِنَّهُ مِنْ سُلَيْمَانَ وَإِنَّهُ مِنْ سُلَيْمَانَ وَإِنَّهُ بِسْمِ اللَّهِ الرَّحْمَنِ الرَّحِيمِ And that's of course Sulaiman. Uh, Allah says that about Sulaiman. That when he wrote to who? Uh, he wrote to the Hudhud. He wrote to the Hudhud. Yahya says. What did the Hudhud say when he read this letter? MashaAllah. <laughs> he wrote to the Queen. I wrote to the Queen, not the, not the Hudhud. Maybe it's amazing to this one. Anyway, so, okay then. So we're good with that. And you know, just on a, on a general uh, point, there are some really interesting hadith about the Basmala. And uh, it's not something that we should take uh, uh, lightly. The Prophet ﷺ said in a hadith, uh, which has some weakness. Well, let me, talk, let me tell you about the authentic one. You know, when you leave the house, you should say, Bismillah, Allah, right? Uh, uh, in the name of Allah, with the name of Allah, I put my trust in Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. There are other hadith which are not super weak, but say the same thing, all right, by saying Bismillah. And as a result of that, and as a result of saying the, 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 the correct dua correctly, the Prophet said that you'll be protected from the evils of this uh, journey and you will take all the benefits. Every benefit available will be made available for you on this journey. So there's a blessing in it. When you go into the bathroom, going in, it is an etiquette according to a number of the scholars. When you are having marital relations, it's something which is required. Also, this is very interesting. In the hadith, which is authentic and narrated by Imam Ahmed, and uh, all these will become available in the notes if you can't catch references now. The Prophet ﷺ was with one of his companions. I forget his name, but I'll write it down later. And the, uh, the, he was uh, riding with him and the, 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 the ride stumbled. Yeah. So, 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 uh, what happened is that the that he, the 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 Sahabi, he said he said Yani, may you die, Shaitan. Like Yani, something like that. Like he took it out on Shaitan. And so the Prophet sallam, he said, uh, don't say that. Don't say that because actually that's what he loves. He loves to take credit for all this kind of nonsense, right? And he becomes very big. Yani he becomes very azim. Yani he makes it out like, you see that? I've got him and I'm going to get him again. I'm going to get him again. But say, Bismillah. So when that happens, say Bismillah. Because when you say Bismillah, actually he starts to shrink and becomes humiliated. This is Hadith Sahih. Okay? So therefore, we know that it's a blessing to say the, the, the Basmala. Yani, uh, uh, and sorry, this is not the basmala. This is just to say Bismillah. I'm just introducing the power of the statement. Just Bismillah. Just to say Bismillah. Not Bismillah ar-Rahman ar-Rahim. So if you fall over, don't say Bismillah ar-Rahman ar-Rahim. Okay? If you fall over, just say Bismillah. And we do that, right? A lot of us from a culturally kind of point of view, I know that my mom, certainly when I was young, she taught me, and when you fall over, say Bismillah. I never asked her why. If I said to her, that doesn't make sense. I'm not starting anything. I should be, you know, complaining, not yani, starting something, but... That's the way we don't, we don't look at it from a, 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 an aqli point of view. So I hope that that's a little bit uh, uh, about the, the basmala. In, in conclusion, it's something which you start with all good things, all religious things. It's a very good thing to start with. Is it obligatory? No, it's highly recommended. It's not an obligation. And it's not permissible to use the basmala for something like, you know, right, I'm going to go on a date. 
Bismillahirrahmanirrahim. Yeah? <laughs> you know what I'm saying? I'm going to go and watch this film, Bismillahirrahmanirrahim. May Allah protect me during this film. Or may Allah protect me during this, the end or whatever. You know? That's wrong. Yeah? So just so that you don't make a mistake in that because you just never know. Never... Never, eh? Fantasy football? Fantasy football. No, fantasy football, Bismillah, no problem. <laughs> fantasy football is Bismillah, definitely Bismillah. You'll need more than that to beat me, son, I tell you. You need lots of dua to beat me. Not just Bismillah. Right, so, <laughs> so, let's move on then to the next statement. He said, Bismillah, Rahman, Rahim, Alhamdulillahi, Hamdan, La, Yanfad. Alhamdulillahi, Hamdan, La, Yanfad. So the word Alhamdulillah. Now Alhamdulillah is interesting. The word Hamd is translated as praise. Now that's good. Praise as opposed to shukr, which is thanks. Praise as opposed to al-madh, which I don't know a translation for yet, unless someone can help me with that. Madh also means to praise. When you, uh, 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 I don't know, man. I can't. I, I didn't have enough time to look in the theosaurus and. Love. Interesting. One of our mashayikh said that, that it is a praise which, uh, yes, actually, I've read that. Sah. Exactly. That madh is the praise which it does not necessitate love. Meaning, meaning that you can do madh of someone and you hate their guts, but you just do it because you know you need a promotion or you need to get something done. You know what I'm trying to say? So it's praise with no real intention, no real love behind it. Whereas alhamd is a very perfect, very unique word, alright? It is something which is uh, complete. It is something which a person uh, does not necessarily have to... Um, actually, let me, let me carry on with the way that Sheikh uh, Uthameen uh, explains it. So, he says that alhamd, meaning not a praise, because if we said alhamdulillah, right? Or alhamdulillah, meaning a praise... For Allah, it's like disrespect, isn't it? Yeah? And so the word Alhamd means all of the praise, which is completely possible. Alhamd, all of it in its perfect form is for Allah. Lillah. Alright? Making it very, very clear that who it's for. The lamb here, the lamb indicates that this is exactly for this, yani, uh, this uh, object of worship or this reci- uh, recipient and this recipient alone. And that is Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Now, the word ham praise, of course, as the Sheikh says, that it's possible, it's possible that people uh, deserve praise here and there, and it's possible that people um, are doing a lot of good and then they, they're praised, but then they stop doing good and then there's nothing to praise them for. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is continuously praised. Whether you realize it or not, whether it's a good thing or not, because at the end of the day, it's a finite mind, a limited and problematic mind, which is trying to, uh, which is trying to understand what's happened to that person, right? They're trying to understand that what happened to me was actually uh, something which was good for me or not. And because you don't understand, you don't know. And that's why the Prophet ﷺ, and the hadith is authentic, inshallah, uh, the Prophet ﷺ said, Alhamdulillah, الصالحات when something good would happen, the Prophet ﷺ would say this statement, All praise be to Allah, the one by whom all good actions are completed. Yani anything which is good comes from him. If anything good that happens, it comes from him. This is what he would say when he would see something good, 
something nice, something obviously nice. Okay, as-sarra, as-sarra. Yeah, this Arabic word means uh, from surur, from happiness, from glad tidings, from good, good things. So when he would see anything like that, he would say, Alhamdulillahilladhi bini'amahi bini'amihi tatimus salihat. When he would see a darra, which is the exact opposite, which is like from darar, meaning harm or problem or some kind of fitna or some disaster, he would say, Alhamdulillah ala kulli hal. Alhamdulillah ala kulli hal. Right? All praise be to Allah in every single circumstance. And that's a great statement from the Prophet ﷺ because he immediately, sub- he immediately submits his aql to the will of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Whatever just happened there, I lost my child, I lost the battle, I've been divorced, I've done this, I've done that, whatever just happened, you know what? I don't know how good that is for me at this moment. No doubt though that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala knows better. And no doubt that I don't know better. And so... I know that at this moment I'm hurting, I'm crying, I'm allowed to do that, I feel angry, I feel upset, but all praise be to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala because He's deserving of that praise day and night. He's worthy of that praise at all times. This hadith has been narrated by Ibn Majah and inshallah it is authentic. It is authentic. Why? It is authentic as if you follow, if you are now, uh, uh, if you can read the Arabic, if you can read the Arabic, then you will see that in the tahqiq of the notes that I've given you, the tahqiq or the tahrij, meaning these two phrases, tahrij and tahqiq, means the kind of expounding of where this hadith is coming from, okay? Showing its kind of sources, exactly going through the chains and identifying the people. That's tahrij. Tahqiq is authenticating the text and the hadith itself, just re uh, issuing a verdict on it that yes, this is authentic or no, it's not authentic. So this hadith. That's narrated by Ibn Majah. Its actual chain is weak. But he said, the muhaqqiq, the person who did the tahqiq, he said, But this hadith has many other supporting evidences which strengthen this narration. Uh, and these are from a hadith of Ibn Abbas, hadith of, uh, of uh, Ali ibn Abi Talib, and Abi Huraira radiallahu an. When you put them all together, the hadith is authentic. Yeah, yeah. Okay, so uh, uh, when uh, the guys who can't see a screen, you can see in the recording. But if you're looking at the screen now, the tahqiq, the details of where a hadith is, comments on a hadith, tahrij of a hadith is is beyond, is underneath the line in the small font. That is the tahrij. Okay, and you can see that right now on the screen. Right? Is that is that cool? So. I want you to just remember that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala praised in all times, in all circumstances. Then the word, that's alhamdulillah. Then is followed by the word, hamdan la yanfad. Yeah, you can look at those words there. Hamdan la yanfad. Now this is a bit of Arabic uh, 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 kind of flex going down. You see, in, in Arabic, we write, we say, alhamdulillah, hamdan. We say, uh, as Allah said, wa kallam Allahu Musa takliman. Allah spoke to Musa as speaking. We praise Allah appraising. Daraba Zaydun Darban. Or something like that. I don't know. I don't like Nahu yani, to be honest. Yeah, but you learn all these examples when you're learning Arabic. That yani, uh, if I was an Arab and I was like doing all that balagha rhetoric, I would say Sa'adribuka Darban. Sa'adribuka Darban Madriesh yani. I would say, I will beat you a beating. Yeah, and obviously we don't do that in English, right? In English we don't have this kind of phrase. 
We have something similar, but not using the same uh, word. Not, so, so what happens is that uh, in Arabic, this is a law for the students of Arabic, when you use a verb, and then the verbal noun is used after it, yeah, the mustar, okay, the mustar means a verbal noun. When you use a verb and then it's followed by the verbal noun, that is only to indicate emphasis, meaning that yani, I hit him, uh, yani, darabtuhu, darban. I beat him, a uh, beating. Yeah? So in English, we would say something like, I slapped that boy like a boss. Like, you know what I'm saying? Yeah? So that, you know, we would change the whole ending because we wouldn't say, I slapped that boy like a slap. Yeah? You wouldn't say it. <laughs> you might say, I don't know. I might have to create a new phrase there, Yanni. But, but, but you get the point, right? So in Arabic, whenever you see a verbal noun, so hamdan is the mustar of of hamida, yani it's the ver- it's the it's the verbal noun of to praise. So Allah is praised, uh, a supreme praise. Remember, as I said, when you see the repetition of the verbal noun in Arabic, it means mega emphasis. So Allah subhanahu wa taala is praised, a complete, a perfect, a wonderful praise. And then the mu'allif, and this is the right kind of adab to do when you're speaking about Allah subhanahu wa taala. He goes even further. He then mentions this statement. He says. Uh, uh, he says what? La yanfad. Right? La yanfad. Yani, what does that mean? La yanfad, it means that that which does, is, doesn't run out. I think I translated it as yani, not depleting or something. So, I so need a copy of that own, my own uh, thingy notes. But anyway, so. Naam. And also, everyone knows this ayah. Ayah Surah Al-Kaf. Ish فَنَفِدَ الْبَحْرُ قَبْلَ أَنْ تَنْفَدَ كَلِمَاتُ This is the same word, right? The same word. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala basically is saying that the, uh, the oceans, they will run out of supplying ink, right? For you to keep writing about the praises of Allah before you get to running out about speaking about the amazement that, Allah, that is Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Okay? قَبْلَ أَنْ تَنْفَدَ Right? So this word of tanfad means to run out. So the mu'allif says here, la yanfad. We all praise be to Allah, a praise which does not run out. It's a beautiful description actually, subhanAllah. Okay? It's a nice way of saying that. That Whatever. Now, this is interesting, Shaykh Uthaymeen here, he says, وَلَيْسِ الْمَعْنَى لَا يَنْفَدُ مِنِّي قَوْلًا Yani, he, 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 this is good. He's saying that this statement, hamdan la yanfad, by the author, is, he's not him saying, I praise Allah a praise that doesn't run out from me. Because it will run out from him. It will run out, yes? So it's not referring about the human action. Rather, it's referring, referring to the concept and the reality of praise for Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. It doesn't matter who does it, when, how much, it will never run out. Now also what's interesting here is that we talk about the word hamd, praise. There are different types of praise. There's different qualities of praise as well, okay? And sometimes, subhanAllah, one of the most emotional du'as in the Qur'an is, لَا نُحْسِي ثَنَاءً عَلَيْكَ أَنْتَ كَمَا أَثْنِيْتِ عَلَى نَفْسِكَ Ya Allah, we cannot, we tried, we still try, we cannot, لَا نُحْسِي, we cannot count, we cannot enumerate the praises that are, are deserving for you. 
In fact, you know what, Allah? Actually, you know what, Allah? You are as, as you have described. Because you know what? We can't do it. We'll just keep doing this. We'll keep doing that. We'll keep saying this. We'll keep saying that. But actually, Ya Allah, please recognize that we're trying, but you're the one who really understands your own worth and your own value. And we will keep trying, keep trying with the best that we can do. And so these praises differ. And one of the proofs, which is very interesting, of course, is that the praises will differ, is the statement of the Prophet ﷺ when he said that, Yawm Al-Qiyamah, what's going to happen? You know, you know this hadith? He will, he will make shafa'a, the great intercession, right? With Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala for us. And how will he make that shafa'ah? Do you know the wording of the hadith? The hadith is that he will be taught what? Muhammad. Right? He will be taught certain praises. Muhammad is like the plural of hamd, like praises. And he said that and that are not, not known, I didn't know, with the one new, he will be taught brand new Muhammad ways and statements about Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala at that time, which he will then use on our behalf, and it will do the trick, inshallah. That's amazing, subhanAllah. It's amazing. And I don't know why it's amazing. Because, because if you're a companion at a time where you're in a desert, and you see nothing but desert, and you see nothing but desert, and all you can see is the observable sky and observable reality, I mean, that's pretty great. But it's limited, isn't it? And we are living in a time where, subhanAllah, every single day we see something completely insane, Right? We see like a star going mental. We see like the size of our galaxy getting bigger. We see like, you know, right into the super uh, magnified core of a flower. We see, you know, amazing things, amazing things. So every time we see that, we always like evoke surprise and we praise him. We say, subhanAllah, alhamdulillah. And I'm just saying that we have such greater opportunity and ability to praise him more naturally or more, more kind of uh, taking more opportunities than the companions before. Yet at the same time, there's a difference in the quality of the praising. Yet at the same time, the Prophet ﷺ is going to praise him with new praises that he'll be taught. And um, I, I, if, it, if there's anything that, if there's one thing that you take away from this lesson with respect to praise, if there's anything that you take away with respect to praise, then this is a hadith of the Prophet ﷺ. And I, I want to say to you that the best way for you to praise him is to say Alhamdulillah. And just as now that you're going to go home now and you've got into this idea that Bismillah ar-Rahman ar-Rahim is something you're going to say at the beginning of things and the word Bismillah you're going to start using a lot more and become more comfortable with, I want you to get your tongue used to saying Bismillah as much as possible, um, Alhamdulillah as much as possible. Because, because, and you know that there's no way any human being, a normal human being, there's, knows there's no way that you can thank Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala for everything that you have. Okay? Now, you look at every situation. I mean, we're in 24-hour news culture where you're being told day and night about every single pain of every single person, all the grief of every single person, every disaster that happens on this, on this planet. You hear about it and see it in immense detail and you realize that. Do you understand what I'm trying to say? And, and every time you see that, you should look to what you've got and that means you've got more than that person at that time. You got so much, and I don't need to be. Yeah, I don't need to patronize you all and say, think of your eyes, think of your nose, think of walking, think of drinking cold water, think of the fact you're going to go to a sleep, a sleep tonight in a warm bed, and it's freezing cold outside. And 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 I'm not going to patronize you. We need to live that reality, and we know that we can. Or we think that we cannot thank Allah Subhanahu Wa Taala, but I want to say to you that you can with what I think what is the most amazing hadith that I have ever heard, and this hadith is narrated by Ibn Majah. 
And the Prophet ﷺ said, مَا أَنْعَمَ اللَّهُ عَلَىٰ عَبْدٍ نِعْمَةً فَقَالَ الْحَمْدُ لِلَّهِ إِلَّا كَانَ الَّذِي أَعْطَاهُ أَفْضَلَ مِمَّا أَخَضُ This hadith is a... Yeah, you know, if the hadith wasn't authentic, you wouldn't have believed it. Put it that way. If it wasn't authentic, you wouldn't have believed it. The Prophet ﷺ said, There is no favor which Allah bestows upon His servant for which the servant says, Alhamdulillah, except that which, that which the servant gave, i.e. saying Alhamdulillah, was better than that which he took. Let me read that translation again and let it sink in your minds. Because when you go home tonight, and you, I want you to just think about the hadith because you will not get over it. Again, the Prophet ﷺ said, there is no favor which Allah bestows upon His servant, for which the servant says, Alhamdulillah, except that that which He gave was better than that which He took. Yani, the slave saying, Alhamdulillah, back to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, was better than every single thing that He took from Allah. His wealth, His family, His happiness, His safety, everything. That you took from Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala and all that Allah wanted back in return was alhamdulillah. And not just that, but actually you gave back more. You gave back more. That is al-haq from a Nabi sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. This hadith is at least hasan. And it's narrated in Sunan of Ibn Najm. We'll give further references to it later. So I'm just saying that, brothers and sisters, that... This deen and this study and all of this, of course, and I keep going back to this issue of the big objective. The big objective, of course, of studying knowledge, and people come here for different reasons, and we've got to, you know, purify our intentions. We are trying to get closer to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala in some one way or the other. Yani, we have to try, right? Okay? And, and the aim of that is so that we can know Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala more and better. And this is going to take some time, of course it is. But along the way, you should know certain things to keep you going. Now, uh, from the most important things is that you're always praising Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala regularly, regularly, regularly. Make it a habit, yani. Alhamdulillah, alhamdulillah. Allahumma laka alhamd. If you're bored of saying alhamdulillah, turn it around and say Allahumma laka alhamd. Oh Allah, it is to you alone. You deserve the praise. Allahumma laka alhamd. Alhamdulillah, Allahumma laka alhamd. You know, I say Allahumma laka alhamd, not because I'm very pious or righteous, but because it has become addicted to my tongue and that is because my Shaykh from the last 15, 16 years. Every single thing that he picked up, he stood up, he sat down. Allahumma laka alhamd. Allahumma laka alhamd. Allahumma laka alhamd. I learned Allahumma laka alhamd before I knew what Allahumma laka alhamd meant. I learned that from my teacher before I knew what it meant. And I noticed, subhanAllah, that I'm saying it a lot and not even consciously, which is a shame because I should say it more consciously. But I know it's a good, I'm not embarrassed to do that because I've seen other people who are studying with me start to say it. They didn't know it and then a few days later they're saying it when I go and study or when I go and teach and, and so on and so forth. Meaning that that's the way that you have an effect upon people. Yani making this constant dhikr. It's a blessing for you and a blessing for other people as well. So I want you to, to really uh, focus uh, 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 on that. So let's just quickly move on. And then he said the text... It's almost to emphasize what I just said a minute ago. Meaning that the very best which is possible, yani, uh, very, the very best which is possible to praise someone. The very, very best. Okay? 
let's jump into uh, what, what's the uh, time saying is there enough time to go into the next one or we need to spend some time on the forum <laughs> Huh? Is that right? Huh? Okay, should we start? Let's, let's actually let's do wa sallallahu wa sallam. All right? Should we do that, folks, or should we should we go into the forums? We've been going now for forty-five minutes. That's why. Lesson is meant to be theoretically uh, fifty minutes with twenty minutes questions, or one hour with ten minutes questions. Should we carry on? Yeah, we good. All right, good. So. So, what we need to know about this is what kind of statement is Now, this is coming from Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. As-salah, as-salah of Allah. Now, this is a past verb of salah, right? And the verbal noun is salah. What does that mean? What does that mean? That Allah sends salah. Right, what does that actually mean? Some of the scholars, as on page 10 of Sharh Mumtah, Shaykh Uthameen says, uh, What Shaykh Uthameen said is that with a number of the scholars, okay, and he gives a reference of number one, uh, the book Al Jalal Afham. This is a book by, uh, by Ibn al-Qayyim. Ibn al-Qayyim, of course, the big student of Ibn Taymiyyah. So he's making reference to that, if you just want to know uh, as a reference. He said that a number of the scholars, like Ibn al-Qayyim, mentioned is that when Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala sends salah upon someone, it means that he is sending mercy upon them. And when the malaika, because in Allah, wa malaikatahu yusalluna ala nabi. Alright? So it's Allah and, his message, Allah and the uh, angels, and his angels, Send salah upon the Nabi, right? So from Allah, this would be mercy. From the angels, it would be al-istighfar. Yani, may Allah, oh Allah, forgive him. Oh Allah, forgive him. Allah is saying, I'm going to have mercy upon him. I'm going to have mercy upon him. Min al-adimiyin, yani us, when we say it, it's making dua for the Prophet ﷺ for everything. Alright? For everything. But the correct opinion, my brothers and sisters, the correct opinion is um, I was thinking to myself, you know. Yeah, the correct opinion is what Sheikh Uthaymeen has mentioned there, and he says that a sawab, sawab means yani, the correct opinion, is what Abu Aliya said. Abu Aliya, a very interesting figure. Abu Aliya, radiallahu anhu, rahmatullah he is a man who was born at the time of the Prophet, sallam, okay, but he never got to meet him. And because of that, he, didn't, he doesn't get the status of Sahabi. And he became a Muslim at the time uh, in the Khilafah of Sayyidina Abu Bakr radiallahu And he, he turns into one of the big Imams of a Tabi'in, Abu Al-Aliya. Okay? Don't worry too much about yeah, transcriptions and spellings because the team will sort that, inshallah. The, the, um, and so he's major, he's big time because he takes from Sayyidina Umar, Sayyidina Ali ibn Abi Talib, and from the Muhat al-Mu'mineen, the mothers of the believers. And so he's a big, big player on the Tabi'een flex, senior Tabi'een. And Imam Bukhari narrates in his Sahih a statement from Abu Aliya. Now, the people who are students of knowledge will say, how is that possible? How can Bukhari 200 years later narrate from a guy directly? What happened to the chain? And of course, that exists in the, uh, the Jami' al-Sahih. 
The book, Sahih al-Bukhari, that we know, is not just a collection of a hadith where Bukhari says, I took from my teacher, who took from Muhammad, who took from Ahmed, who took from Kada, who took from Saul, who took from Umar, who took from the Prophet A connected chain with five, six people. It's not just that. Actually, it has al-mu'allaqat, yani, yani ta'liq, uh, the, 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 uh, the hadith is in mu'allaq form, meaning that he will sometimes miss out the entire chain. He won't mention his own teacher, or that teacher, or the one, or the other one, and he will quote directly, maybe a companion, or he will quote directly the tabi'i, meaning that he will leave the chain out. Now this of course is not an authentic hadith, because to have a connected chain is a condition of an authentic hadith. But most of the time, and this is a whole separate science, when Man Bukhari mentions something in this fashion, in mu'allaq fashion, nearly 90% of the time it's authentic anyway. And he will show that in another book. Or he will uh, 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 indicate to it, and maybe later on in the same book, he will have a chain that goes through that person that he quoted, showing that, oh, by the way, I used to call this an Adab al Mufrad, what did I used to call it? Bukhari Tronics, yeah? Right? This is what he used to do. He would say the statement and quote Abu Aliya, and then maybe a hundred hadith later, he would quote his chain to Abu Aliya as if to say, hey, you know that you are doubting me, right? As if like I, I quote from Abu Aliya just like that. Actually, here's my chain to Abu Aliya. I was just testing that kind of thing. Yeah? So this is the way that he flexes. That's the way he does things like that. Okay? So he quotes him. Abu Aliya said, and I quote, Inna salatu min Allah thana'uhu ala al-musalla alayhi fil mala'i al-a'la. That when Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, when he sends salah upon someone, salah, this, I'm not, I'm not going to define the word yet. I'm keeping, because you know what salah means. Salah means prayer. And you also know what salah means. Salah means dua. Alright? These are linguistic meanings. But the third linguistic meaning, which is the one that we want, because Arabic words have more than one linguistic meaning. The one that he wants is here. When Allah does it, then it means, It's his praising the one who is in question, the object here. It's his praising, and not just that, but in the higher assembly. Yeah, assembly. Yani the meaning that amongst the super senior malaika, the malaika are not all the same level, right? So, uh, and, uh, Jannah is also not the same uh, one level. So, uh, yani you have Firdaus and then you have Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, uh, and around the arsh of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala are the very senior and very special muqarrabin, the close uh, uh, angels, the, the senior angels. And so, this is called the Mal al A'la. So, when, when so Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, He's like, Yani praising this person in front of the most respected, the most trusted, the most senior of the angels. A praise from Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. And this is the correct meaning. So, when you know when we all say peace and blessings upon the Prophet, right? Salam is easy. Salam is peace. Yeah, okay, we can live with that. But we say peace and blessings. Or we say peace be upon you. Peace, we know when we say peace be upon you, that's patently wrong. Because it's sallallahu alayhi wasallam. Allah has sent salah wasallam and peace. That you have that peace be upon you. You're missing a whole yani, uh, a verb out. You're, whole, you're missing out a whole action. People translate as blessings. Ah, you know what? To be honest, I'm not too fussed by that. It's okay. Because, because it's difficult to put all the explanation into a little bracket. Yani, you know what I'm saying? So you just got to choose a statement. You're either going to say the praise of Allah and peace be upon him. And you could put that because that's exactly what it is. Also, when you praise someone, or when Allah praises someone, then that's blessed, isn't it? What other meaning of blessed do we actually want to know or is? 
So blessing, of course, is something which is a, a, a natural consequence. So I can live with the translation of blessing. Now, I just want to mention one other quick thing. Um, you know, I was convinced. You know what's really funny? Did you see me stop and look at the books? I'm saying to my, this is just shows you how crazy I'm going. I'm looking at my book here, and it's completely clean, right? I've been writing in my book for like ages and ages. So I'm thinking, I've lost the plot. I've lost the plot. I got hold of them. These guys have got my book, and so I'm looking at these guys, and they haven't. And then I've just realised I've absolutely no idea whose book this is because it's not mine. <laughs> I've just realised that my book's right here. And everything I've just made up in this lesson has also all been off the top of my head. So it could all be wrong. <laughs> right, there we go. Who wants a bonus book, man? This is a book's going on offer. Huh? Why did you give me your book for, yeah? Oh, I don't know. I'm going to take this book. Yeah, that's yours. Right. So, I wanted to say just one other thing. And this is... This is uh, uh, or should we not say one more thing? Because I could keep saying one more thing. One more thing. So one more thing. Okay, let's finish one more thing. All right. Let's just look at the actual nature of the uh, sentence. Sallallahu ala... Uh, you know, when we say sallallahu, this is a phrase... You know, when we say in English, peace, be, peace and blessings be upon him, when you say that, what kind of sentence is that? Are you commanding Allah? Are you stating a fact? What do you think, folks? <laughs> You see, in Arabic, in balagha, which is the art of rhetoric, right? Or the skill or whatever, I don't know. Yeah? Like stylish kind of stuff. So, in balagha, sentences are of two types. Sentences in khabariya or in sha'iya. What do I mean by that? A khabariya is a statement, is a statement, which could be true or could not be true. Right? That's what al-khabariya means. Right? Or jumla khabariya. A khabariya kind of statement. The other one is insha'iya, meaning an order, or meaning a statement which cannot be false. You can't say this statement, that this statement could be right or wrong. Let me give you an example. If I say, if I say, Suleiman is good looking, yeah? Now, that, <laughs> that's a jumla. What? What? Haqiqiya, yeah? You guys are beginning a dream world, right? That's a jumla khabariya. It's khabariya. It's a khabar. It's an informative. If you get all grammatical in Oxford on us here, it's an informative statement, yeah? It's informative because the statement is giving information. Is that clear? Suleiman is good looking. The problem is, is that from a balagha point of view, this statement could be either true. Which it obviously isn't, yeah? Okay? And it could be wrong, which it obviously is. <laughs> Forgive us, Yara. Yeah, sorry, sorry. Masjid, masjid, masjid. So, this is, this, this is a khabariya. Do you understand, Yani? Yeah? A jumla which has a, any statement. Then, of course, you've got other statements which are not possible to say they are uh, right or do they have uh, 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 lies or truth in it. So, in sha'iya, is like, run. Yes? So if I say to everyone, run, the, the word, the statement run, that's a sentence. That's a meaningful st- a sentence. In balagha, I mean. Okay? It means, get out of here. Now, it doesn't matter whether I'm lying or not, the statement itself 
can't be interpreted in two ways. Do you understand what I'm trying to say? The statement cannot be interpreted in two ways. And, and the, the grammarians, they call that a preformative statement. So you have an informative statement, which is like Suleiman is good looking. But, and that could be true, could not, might not be true. And then you have a preformative statement, which is uh, uh, run or help or, you know, something like that. And that's important because when you see the word sallallahu alayhi, Allah sends salawat upon the Prophet, are we making that statement as a statement of fact? Or are we asking Allah to do it? Are we demanding Allah to do it? Do you understand what I'm trying to say? And that's why, and this is important from a grammatical point of view, and that's why uh, Sheikh Uthaymeen, he says, he says, what does he say? He says that this is a jumla khabariya lafzan insha'iya ma'na, meaning that actually when you read the statement, peace be upon, uh, 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 blessings or salawat be upon him, it is said in a khabari kind of way, like a factual kind of statement, yes, an informative fashion, but its meaning is preformative, meaning it's not possible for it to be a lie. It's not possible for it to be untrue. So even though it's being said in that fashion, it's not. I probably lost everyone there. Did I go too deep into grammar there, yeah? Or is it too late? I think that was a mistake. I shouldn't have done that. Anyway, then we'll just finish with salam. Salam is peace. You're sending salam upon the uh, Prophet. How do you send salam upon the Prophet? What does that mean? It basically means, Ya Allah, protect him from deficiency, protect him from harm. Okay? Make him, keep him safe. So when we say keep him safe, we don't want any problems to occur to him. So this is why the two are used together. Because think of it as two levels. Think of it that the salam comes first, salam, and that basically protects him. So any deficiencies, any problems, that gets him to now protected status. But that's all he is, protected status. Then the salawat come. So then we ask Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala to salah upon him. And then that's where he's now raised to the supreme status. And that's now he becomes the object of forgiveness, the object of mercy, the object of dua. So this is like a two-stage thing. The salam gets him to like, like, like safety. And then the salawat pushes him وسلم, to his deserved level. I should remind you, of course, that whenever you hear the name of the Prophet وسلم, you should always say وسلم, it's an obligation. It's an obligation. Don't ever get tired of it. Don't ever feel yani, that this is something that, oh, what's going on? It's going too much, this, that, whatever. So I hope that, that, um, I hope that that's okay, inshallah. Now listen, folks, uh, what we'll do now is I'm just going to uh, show you the forums. So if you bring up the forums, now at home, you guys uh, can um, check this on the uh, thingy. We'll do some question answers afterwards as well, inshallah. Um, if you uh, want to have a look, I don't think it's very, very good. It's okay, leave it. Let's go. So as I said, forums are going to be the the measure of. Okay, I think that's gone off. Oh, the forums are going to be a measure of basically. Okay, folks. So, inshallah, um, what you're seeing now is the forums. As I said, you have to become, uh, you have to join to these forums. You would come up here somewhere, I think, up here, and it would say register and stuff, and you would register with new detail with, uh, and you would register as a new student using the same details, same email address, definitely as your. Uh, uh, your student portal, your WordPress kind of uh, 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 part. Now, I want you to have a look at this, okay? There's, this is nice, you see that, that private forum? That's where we start talking about you lot, the private. you guys can't see anything, that's great. 
So there's four main, there's three main parts and then one kind of small <coughs> part. The first part is this, the weekly class section. This is where you'll find the stuff to do with the class. So we click on weekly class. And right, here we go. So what this is going to be um, uh, divided into is into main, main kind of chapter, chapter headings. Now, purification, right? We thought it was going to be next week. It might probably be now in about three months' time. Uh, but still, the intra... intra who's just... Someone just click that. All right. So, we're still on introduction. So watch this. If I click on introduction, okay? Introduction has now sub-forums. It has... A, and each forum is dedicated to a lesson. So you see this section is dedicated to the first lesson on the fifth, the launch lesson. So when you click on that, okay, and you open up this, this is now where you only talk about stuff with respect to the actual first lesson. When you've got questions on the topic, you post the questions here. And when you post the question, post you, you click on post a new thread, and then you would then type in. Don't write question, okay? Write your question in your title so that later on when people are searching this six years later, they don't have to keep opening every single thing which says question. Write there something like question on madhabs or I want to follow Hanafi madhab, I hate humbly madhab or something like that. Yeah. <laughs> so at least we know where you stand. Do you get Right? And you only put them in this section here, nowhere else. Now every week, a couple of days after the lesson, when you come back to that lesson, you will find a, a set of transcribed notes uh, headed up by the team, uh, headed up by Sister Widad, um, and she has a team, and that's going to get now, inshallah, by next week we're going to be thinking. And this is a complete, complete transcription. Now, a couple of, maybe a week after, or a number of days after, you will also find an official set of notes. Now, a proper set of study notes, with the references, and with all the kalam fadi saying cut out. So there you can be focused, and you're not then reading about me and ice cream and... and Robin Van Persie and whatever. Right. So you'd come back. So you want the notes for the first lesson, you'll come back to this this area a couple of days or a week later. Now, this was last week's section. So we click on last week's section. This is the, the one dedicated to the, tw the 12th of December, last week. Again, Sister Wadad has already prepared with her team the transcribed notes. That's great. And then here you've got people who are asking questions, okay, about last week. And they are being answered by our team. When they get answered, the answer will remain here. And then the question will also be copied, the thread, and it will be placed in the completed questions part. This is for in the future where people just want to go straight to questions. I'll show you that in a minute. Now this week, for example, okay, this is the section we're dedicated to the third lesson on 1912 yesterday. Let's click on that, okay. As you can see, nothing in there. Because no one's asked any questions yet. And we haven't put our transcribed notes in. In a couple of days time, you will also see transcribed notes at the top as a sticky. And a sticky means that it remains permanently at the top. And then you will have people who will put their questions in. I don't want you asking questions in someone else's thread. You ask questions in an individual post with the title making it very clear. So three, four days time, we'll come back here, there'll be transcribed notes. Come back a week later, and then there will be also another sticky, which will be the student notes, which will be a combined team effort led by Sister Samira and Sister Widad. That is what it means to actually 
I'll use the weekly class section. Now next week, what you're going to find, okay, is that there's going to be another number four in here, or tonight, when we, the team edit it, because um, we're, still, we're still in the introduction, and I'm going to have to now have number four, author's introduction, part three. This section is dedicated to the fourth lesson on 26.12.12. Yeah, does that make sense? Yeah, so this is just going to keep growing, keep growing. And then whenever we come to purification, like in, as I said, in about three months' time, then you will then find all the necessary partners. So that's what weekly class is all about. Private form, that's where we cuss all you lot and laugh at you and your dodgy names. Right, student resources. This is the action section. When you come into student resources, you've got a number of things in here, okay? So first of all, you've got the official PG notes. This you've already received, okay? Latest class notes, it will keep changing. There's going to be no, no posts I'm going to be putting here. We don't want anyone writing anything in here. This is, as I said, when it's time for new notes, you come here and check. You come here and check and you click on that. And what will happen is this. This is what's going to happen. When you click on this, okay, this, we might change that. It might just say part two uh, or whatever it says, but this will be the updated version of the notes. And this will be the, and this will stay the same because volume one, we're going to be on that for at least 15 years, I think. So, no, no, inshallah, only, only one year. How long? Six months? Inshallah. Okay, so so this is where you pick up your, this is where this is where we've got the text of the, the Zad al-Mustaqni at the top, and we've got the Arabic translation, uh, the Arabic on the top and the English translation underneath it. The one that you have and the one that you're using. So that's the official place of notes. This is why I'm saying you have to sign up here because we're not now, we're, not, we're, we're moving out of sending emails and all this kind of nonsense. Recommended reading is myself and my team, okay, the PG senior team, they will put here posts that you need to read as in the shape of homework or background reading, important stuff that you need to have a, a handle on. And if you find any difficulties on this, you can ask questions here, no problem, no problem. But better, better for you to ask questions in the specific weekly classes. This is, this is not my work, okay? My work here is only one piece here. The rest I found on the internet and a quick read through and I was happy with it. It's not perfect, but it's good enough for me. The video, by the way, on the biography of Ahmed is very nice, okay? Check that out. So, that's recommended reading. That's going to start getting bigger, okay? My team, especially the Medinan boys, they're going to get involved with that. They're going to put in a lot of background reading with respect to how to understand fiqh, how to understand difference of opinion. Also, we're going to chuck in some stuff on uh, hadith sciences so that you understand all this weak and authentic and how do you, you know, all this stuff. Introduce yourself. This is where you come. And when you join, you come and you give salam and you show some adab. Show some adab, yani, I don't like all this yani, uh, hiding behind a mask behavior, okay? Unless you really are Batman, alright? Unless you really are, then I, I accept that. Because you know what? Because if you're Batman, you deserve to hide behind a mask. Because I've got respect for you, brother. You know what I'm saying? Right? But yeah, I don't think so, Suleiman. So, um, you come in here and give big salams and big hugs and all the rest of it. No kalam party though, right? And then gems, if you've got any gems in there, then you can put that in there. Student contributions, if you guys come across some stuff which you found interesting with respect to the subject, whatever, feel free to put it in there. If it's not about us, we'll delete it within five seconds, right? And then glossary, this is a section which has got all of the difficult words, the Arabic words, and then some of the kind of the, the slang that we use down these parts in it, mate. Right, so you can use that. So that's the student resources section. You're not meant to be posting any threads here or anything, all right? I don't want this part ruined. I don't want my team having to be uh, de deleting stuff all the time. Then you've got admin and support. 
Announcements is where you will see stuff being said by me or by the team saying, for example, there's a time change or listen, we've got new sets of notes this week, make sure you download them, whatever. The rules and the etiquettes are about the, the general adab, okay? Uh, check it out with respect to terms and conditions, how many times we've said that we're not allowing people to record things, blah, blah, blah. If you have questions about the actual technical side or issues or questions which don't seem to fit anywhere else, you put these questions inside help. What I've been finding is a lot of people are posting just here. No, you have to post your question inside the help section directly here and write in your thingies, like question, this is like bakwas, yeah, that means nothing to me, right? Put down like can't open the files or problems logging in, that's fine. Or problems with image size, that's cool. That's the kind of way you ask a question on that. And then finally, as I said, the completed questions here, here, when we've answered a question somewhere, we will copy it across here so that you've got a copy of it. Now, if you look at this, you'll see that here, Mr. Sergeant has already answered uh, in a very nicely, mashallah, some, some sister has put a thing here, we ask for real names, and what's she going to do? She puts Wayfair down. Well done. So anyway, uh, I'm just kidding, sister, because you're blatant, sister. Right, so uh, there were some four questions, and as you can see, uh, Mr. Sergeant has answered them beautifully, excellent, and in detail. And that's what we will give back to people who will treat this seriously. As if we have a team of people who are very willing to, to do it, as long as you are willing to show commitment from your side. As I said, the call is going to start very soon. You've got two weeks to sign up onto this forums, give a shout out, and then anyone who's not on the forums, they're going to be deleted from the class. Tell all your friends, tell all your family, tell all the people that uh, you know that are on the class. If that doesn't happen, because we are not going to be to blame, because we've already, well, we'll send an email out to confirm that. That's it, folks, okay? Um, any immediate questions here in the class? Are we good? Right, online, forums. I appreciate you hanging around. Sorry for that mess up. Jazakumullah khairan wa salam alaykum wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuh.